Hold on. Let's get clapping. Hello and welcome to the Ratness Podcast, episode number twenty-three with Mimo. Hey, hey, what up, what up dude? <laughs> How's it going, bro? What's up, Ming? Mings. Yeah. Ming. Happy Multiples. Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. How's it going? I'm good. Just uh, got off my shift at work, so I'm a little brain dead, but in a good way. If that makes sense. <laughs> well, I appreciate you making the time to to meet up with us and have a conversation. Looking forward to it, bro. Yeah, yeah thank you guys for having me. I appreciate the invite. Hell yeah, yeah. It's been a a long time coming. I mean, shoot, we did that show at Bonsai in 2016. Yeah, I want to say it's a long time ago. Long ass time ago, dude. I I think about it I'm like, oh, that seems like I was just doing that, and like working there and setting it up and all that. And it's like, damn, it's been like almost five years. It's crazy. That was a crazy night. That was a fun night. That's when we had that uh, practice wall in the back where everyone just got to go and have fun, right? Yeah, that was yeah, fun yeah. Night. Yeah, we did. We did it for uh, City of Hope. Like we donated all the proceeds to that. And I remember, yeah. like at the end of the night after we had done the wall in the back, it was just like, I think it was like a four foot by eight foot panel or something. Yeah. That everyone threw on. Uh, some kid bought it and I was like, is everyone cool with selling this for like 150 bucks and like having it go to the charity? So it was cool. It was like yeah, that, extra cherry on top. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was uh, a little bit though. <laughs> dude, I was hammed. I don't I don't know yeah. how much you remember, but uh I was I was getting squirrely that night for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they we just kept going. Uh but it was a good it was a good show. I think Gato was on there. Uh don't trip was on there. Yeah, uh, Regan. Yeah, Regan. Uh, Joe, Joe Castillo. Yeah, it was. It was a good lineup, dude. Like it was for for just like a hole in the wall bar show. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it had some heads in there. It was fun to be a part of. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I appreciate that. It's like that's probably the first time we met. Uh, I know you were kicking it with Joe. Uh, and he was like, well, maybe Memo wants to throw in uh, some pieces for this the show because I invited him to be on it. And you're like, yeah, sure. And that was like the first time I checked your shit out, and I was like, damn, dude, this is crazy. Like, it was really good. And he's like, yeah, he doesn't really uh, focus on it that much. He's like really into like calculus. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was really in Well, I'm still actually today signed up for my trig refresher because I took a bit of a break from college just because – I had to find a place to live. <laughs> I had to find a job that paid for rent. So I had to take a break. But yeah, today I signed up for my uh, calculus and trig refreshers so I can get back into it. Hell yeah. Yeah. How does that, how does that type of understanding in math uh, play or affect your, your art uh, and, the, and the way that you kind of create? Uh, it's a, a lot of attention to detail, you know, um, especially okay. calculus. It's, you, you miss one little thing and the whole thing just collapses. And so you have to make sure each step of the process is meticulous. And not only that, calculus is three-dimensional math. So you you look at a, an equation and you could see the shape in your head. It's crazy. It's like its own language. So with that, you start picturing, you know, geometric shapes. And a lot of my stuff has weird geometric slash natural kind of flows mm -hmm. to it. So... I don't know. I think it coincides just with the type of thinking more than anything, just thinking meticulously and detailed oriented and getting nitty gritty, getting into it. 
It's nitty gritty. That's awesome, man. I'm a I'm a firm believer that math dictates everything in the universe. I think the better you know it, the better uh, you can do pretty much anything. I agree. Um, if you know math and chemistry, you know the universe pretty much in physics. That's right. Or at least how it functions. Yeah. yeah. You say that shit all like nonchalant. Well, if you know uh, upper math, uh, physics, <laughs> chemistry, yeah. you got all that down, then you know, you get it. Yeah, it's 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 definitely hard, but it's beautiful in its own way. It's oh, yeah. being able to predict something on paper and then you experiment and it comes out and just how you predicted it. It's it's amazing. So, Hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. Definitely. Never, I never like put the two together, even though I know that's like one of the first things I think they teach you in in art school, especially with like type and layout, is that uh, the ratios and like the the golden ratio and yeah, you know that that perfect natural shape is is kind yeah. of what dictates what your eye is drawn to and like what kind of art works and doesn't work especially in a commercial or like uh something where you're trying to get a message across right no and, and it's in everything you find patterns in nature and math and nature and dna is you know just like a it's a double helix it's got a structure to it it's a mathematical structured to it it's math isn't everything and it's you could get really philosophical on it too which is something weird something as as black and white as math can be to be able to philosophize be, be able to get philosophical and abstract with it is pretty crazy yeah it's rad oh yeah uh so i was thinking what we touched on earlier about that show that was about five years ago uh at that time you were almost uh uh i get what's the word i'm looking for only painting like uh pretty pretty much that's what you were doing you had some um uh, you know some pencil drawings and stuff but a lot of your work was with uh with acrylic brush, i'm assuming yeah. yeah it was brush and acrylic uh i got into really deep phase where that's all i did i mean i did some illustrating but mostly to prep for painting uh and I just felt I needed to get good at brush <laughs> and that's all I did. And because it's one of the harder mediums, I think I just wanted to challenge myself. And I actually, that's going to be my next few projects, just getting back into brush because I've kind of strayed from there. I bought an iPad and uh, I never thought I'd like creating digital work. But once I bought one, that's all I've been doing because you just, you get to layer your stuff on. It's a lot easier to send it to print. It's a lot easier to get a shirt made that way because all you have to do is separate the layers and there are your vector colors. But I miss the brush. There's something to it To Actually, I have one of my first big paintings right there. I don't know if you guys can see it. I just, right. Yeah, I just hung it up to get me into the back into the mode of brush because oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been too long um, since I've created a big piece. Um, too long meaning like six months. <laughs> that's too long <laughs> Because normally I, that's all I do, but um, the last big painting is over here somewhere. And yeah, it's, I guess it wasn't that long ago, but I miss it being my- It's name. getting the iPad. Uh recently the first introduction uh to digital art or did you did you fuck with it before like with photoshop and illustrator and stuff when you're painting more 
in high school, I took a, a digital class. It was Photoshop and Illustrator, and I I didn't really do much with it. I did the assignments, but never really did anything extracurricular with it and just did what I had to and that's it. I mean, I, I nailed it. My professor, my teacher, my high school teacher at the point told me I should focus on it because I would look at it and boom, it'd be done. And then I just fuck around for 30, 40 minutes the remainder of the class. But it's just <laughs> something that didn't grab my attention. I just, back then I was just spray painting. I wasn't even painting. So yeah, I didn't hold on to my, my ADD long enough for it to become a habit. But now that I have it, it's just so convenient. I mean, look at this thing. You just take it anywhere. You can just throw it in your bag if you're bored or at a family function and you get bored, you just whip it out and start drawing. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But um, there is no the brush, though, <laughs> at least in my book. It's just yeah. when you put brush to, to wood, because I only paint on wood, um, just something to it just, just hypnotizes you. Oh, yeah. So what what's that medium like? Uh, only painting on wood, and, and rather than like canvas, was there a learning curve when you kind of first started on that? And and yeah, I, I guess yeah, I, I started. Well, my 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 first introduction to that was my my aunt bought me one of those kits that comes with like the, that little collapsible wooden easel and like a bunch of paints and the starter brushes, and it came with one canvas piece. But I went to an art show and I saw a piece on wood. I was like, that's what I want. And I tried painting on to. canvas. Yeah, I tried painting on canvas and it just looked cheesy to me and because I wasn't good at it. So I immediately took to wood just because I just liked how it looked, the contrast to the, the natural wood fiber to your abstract paint on it. It just... Mm -hmm. It was a good juxt juxtaposition of color. So, yeah, I gravitated towards it and never looked back. I haven't painted on canvas ever since that first piece. Oh, yeah. Uh, what a trip, how those random occurrences can, like, change out yeah. so much. You know, that one day you saw that, had you not stepped in that show, or, you, you yeah. know, may never have found it. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, one little event can really, you know, put a of like a direction in your life it's crazy a lasting impression yeah absolutely and i don't even know what the piece was but it made an impression that's for sure yeah that's right it just goes to show man it doesn't really necessarily mean matter what the piece is or what it looks like you know you you might be having an effect on people that you have no idea or could never predict anything at yeah. all just the fact that that guy made art and chose that medium like it, it affected you Sent me in that direction. It's just like a ripple, you know? Who knows yeah. what else led me down that road? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a, the one uh, big common theme that we see on this uh, podcast is that, you know, just if you do it, you don't know how you're affecting people. You don't know what it is that's going to be the outcome, but just do it because you won't know until you try. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's crazy. I, I have a random question just because I, I painted on a couple different wood surfaces but what's your go-to do you use masonite or do you use what do you use uh honestly uh for a while like this what is this this is a piece i haven't finished been here just for a while some like eighth inch ply or something yeah just some cheap shit you get from home depot That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. My pieces were. and i think it was a good learning uh 
was a good uh, learning uh, material because it's so rough and it's hard to paint on that once I start buying the better boards that they sell at the art shops, you know, those mm -hmm. boards specifically for painting, it was a lot easier. So, <laughs> yeah, holy, well, I know that that cheap, cheaper ply, like not only is it rough, like you, you could sand it down, still a little rough, but it, it just soaks up uh, that first layer so much differently than uh, yeah. like what they have, like almost like a laminate or something at the art supply shop. Yeah. You know? It's almost got already a finish to it, which yeah. this makes it a little more dexterous. You can add more, you can make it more unique than maybe those boards you get from, from a, like an art supply. But yeah, it, it soaks up your paints, it ruins your brushes, it frays them. Yeah. But the look is all its own too. So pros and cons. <laughs> and it's yeah. eight, well, not anymore. I mean, wood went through the roof, but it used to be like eight bucks for this thing where these things are like $30, $40. So you can, for the price of one, you can crank out five pieces. That's crazy, right? Yeah. It's like uh, prepping and like knowing how to like, set your shit up can go so far. Like I used to buy the rolls of a uh, primed, but not stretched canvas and just mm. like build frames. And then like you buy a roll for like 80 bucks, yeah. 90 bucks. You have that shit for like a year, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. it's crazy. And, and you can, you can paint on it un, unstapled and then however big your painting is, then you yeah. just resize your what, frame. Whatever part you like that you want to, you know, crop it to or whatever. It's like, it's, it's yours to make with what you want. There's no, uh, you can't take apart a pre-made frame like and then yeah. put it back together. It just doesn't no, work. It's just going to look ugly. But uh, <laughs> I have a big-ass piece I need to finish. It's one of the horsemen. It's one of the four horsemen. It's the one of the four horses of the four horsemen. It's just like this weird horse I drew that's in hell, surrounded by a bunch of demons that are partying, waiting for the apocalypse. But yeah, it's probably four and a half foot by nine foot. So once it's done, I think I'm just going to staple it to a frame that's collapsible. So I would just have to open it up and lock it and then boom. That's sick. I yeah. didn't think about that. I've never thought about doing that. Like putting it on a hinge or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. That's why I need to take carpentry too. <laughs> yeah. We're all amateur carpenters. I feel like anyone that creates stuff kind of like has messed with a jigsaw and for sure, you know, cut uh, wood trying to make frames for themselves or whatever. At least, I don't know. I That was like one of the earliest things I did because like you said, it was so much cheaper. It's like when you're poor, dude, like yeah. eating bean and cheese burritos for dinner every night. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You got you to gotta figure out how to make uh, materials last. Yeah. And, and knowing how to get the right equipment, right nails. Even for hanging, if you're just yeah. you enough shows, you know you're supposed to, if you get this kind of nail, it's going to leave a big hole in the wall or it's not going to support your shit. Or like I, in there, yeah, I have a saw, a jigsaw, a drill. I have like four yeah, drills. Yeah. Just that over the years, you just learn how to make shit yourself because that pre-made stuff from art stores is super expensive. And sometimes it's shoddy. <laughs> you spend all yeah, this that's right crappy stuff and i could have made that better why why spend my money on that <laughs> so you started off uh primarily like doing spray paint and then went to acrylic and you've been working with digital but what else like is there another, any other mediums like that you've uh messed with or like had results with <laughs> uh yeah like 
I did a little sculpting in high school just because I got the opportunity to. That's something I actually want to dive back into because there's stuff I want to do that it's either I'm, I'm gonna, going to learn how to 3D print, which is an expensive endeavor, or learn to sculpt. So, bro, yeah. Learn to, or you know, I mean, you know how to sculpt because you have an artistic eye. And that same thing about you say, like, if you know kind of the shape of things in a certain ratio or in a mathematical sense, that you can uh, make them easier than if you didn't have any understanding of that. Yeah. I feel like sculpting is that. Like, if you can feel those ratios and see them and what's different and what you want to make more symmetrical, it's it's not as crazy as you think. You have experience. And then if you do resin casting instead of 3D printing, it's dope, dude. It's so it's way cheaper. You don't have to go through someone or buy a machine. And uh, you can get the silicone, like, two-part mold stuff. You can make... Yeah dozens and dozens of mold for like 90 bucks yeah that's what i want to do want to make uh figures you know like vinyl figure my own vinyl figures learn how to yeah, sculpt the whole process but you know there's so many things you want to do <laughs> that you and and i think a lot of us have a lot of attention deficit issues <laughs> where it's yeah. hard to keep focus on one thing where like if you're working on a painting for three days you just have to put it aside and do another short project just to clear your mind because there could be a section that's just bothering you that you keep trying to fix, but you just make it worse or doesn't come out the way. So you just put it away and fuck with this for a few days. You know, that's the way I do it at least. Oh, it's true. But then those few days turn in for me like three months. And then I'm like, <laughs> I haven't mastered this painting. Like I just stopped yeah. doing it. This one's been here for, yeah, like a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because honestly, I don't know where to go with it, but it's, it's, and I don't want to ruin it. It's like you, you yeah. have the idea. You're just not quite sure how to get there yet. Well, like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of know where I want to go with it now, but now I got to remaster the brush because I put it down for so long that if I were to try to do what I want to do, I'm going to fail and frustrate myself. Whereas I just get another little block of wood to honestly, just to, just hone back in on the, the painting and the yeah. strokes and getting the textures just right again. Cause that's mostly what painting is getting your paint to the right consistency to do what you want it to do. Not drip, not fan, not be too thick. And that's the whole thing to get back. So it, it wasn't procrastination. Then it was just preparation. You had, you had to get your chops back on the brush. Right. Well, now it's, preparation but they procrastinated for a while yeah. <laughs> there's a few have procrastinated in here that i literally just have shit everywhere that i'm working on like uh i need to finish these these are pretty much done these are uh wood cutouts i made that are oh bad oh hell yeah that's rad yeah and so i want to make them hangable and then i'm going to do a bunch of little drops that are in the same style but yeah, this has been here for like a year. There's one back there too. I need to make more of it too. This is when I first got the jigsaw that I was just fucking around with just to see how uh -huh. it works. And it's a lot harder than it. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have interviewed Ezra yet, but he makes it look easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't talked to him yet. Uh, I want to. I, I haven't even reached out to him. I don't really know him. I don't think, I don't no? think we ever hung He's out. A friend of mine. I'll introduce you guys. Uh, cool. I used to work with them at Home Depot and yeah, anything we could get our hands on back then. Cause Home Depot doesn't pay much, but there's a lot of shit you can basically keep that just, 
you know, here, here's a piece of trash that they were going to throw away. No, let me yeah. keep that cardboard, wood. But yeah, cutting through quarter-inch wood with the jigsaw, not as easy as it looks. <laughs> you got to sand that shit nice. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I like that shape, though, that, like, cloud shape. It's, like, reminiscent of, like, stuff I've always uh, kind of thrown in the background of some of my work. Nice. Yeah, what do you guys like to... What are you guys' favorite mediums? Uh, I mean, I was lately for the last couple of years, I'm just trying to work oils, trying to get like, I was trying to get like better at it. I don't know if I've gotten better. I've done more work. So obviously I've gotten better in that sense, but uh, I still haven't like broke the code with it. Like I still don't feel comfortable with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I started off doing like acrylic and then a lot of spray paint, like especially for just backgrounds and like mm. messes like the to, to prime the surface but also give it some depth nice yeah well i don't have the patience for can't watching it, this guy is nerve-wracking <laughs> it, it's crazy it, you work with it and it takes several days in the sense that like you build up the layers and maybe by that like third pass you're still doing the same small detail or like the things you're trying to do but then it starts to have more depth or something it's it's weird it, the way it comes together i'm still not 100 percent with but i'm sure there's tricks and tips that i don't know i had a very kind of like uh basic introduction to it and just went from there there's a book i guess that lee wrote that uh, he shows all his tricks and hacks for oil painting i guess there's additives you can add to oil that will make it dry in hours instead of days yeah Pretty yeah cheap. i use some of that stuff but uh again it's just like it's not i don't have it down to a science by any means yet so it's like every painting i do still a little bit of an experiment with it nice yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's acrylic. I just find it convenient that it dries in minutes. <laughs> so if I mess something up, I don't have to wait a day before I can get back to it. But other You know, well, that, that's one thing I find really interesting. When we uh, first started this podcast, so I, I'm not really a, an artist in the sense of like a painter. I, I'm more into music and, and production and that kind of side of it. And anytime I've tried to draw has just been on my iPad, kind of like you're talking. I got an Apple pencil and an iPad and it changed my life. Yeah. But uh, I'm not versed in any mediums really whatsoever. And it's wild to me to see how kind of specific the different mediums are. Like we've had got guys on here that only do watercolor, you know, and they don't really mess with any other paints. Or, or we've got people that that like only will mess with acrylic and on canvas. And, and it's kind of like people find their niche and they stick to it. And you don't find many artists that are gonna go kind of consistently making different pieces. This is oil and then this is vinyl, the next one, and the next one's watercolor. Like you see them go through their phases, but they all kind of land on one and find what kind of works for them. Yeah, I'm not really like that. I get bored of one thing. If I'm doing one thing, I just, have to switch it up. I'll grab a Sharpie. If I'll do a brush, I'll do brush and then I'll switch the Sharpie or depending on what the show is. What So the last show I had was with uh, dogs. Uh, I don't even think you might have to bleep out his name. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was going to say how much you, what we should say, but yeah. yeah, yeah we'll, no, we'll with dogs, uh, but that one, 
the initial title to that one is going to be lackluster. Uh, I just like that word. I just like how it, how it sounds, how it rolls off your tongue. And that's that was the theme, you know, <clears throat> non-vibrant, kind of dull, okay. uh, quiet colors and earth tones, which is what he mostly paints in. Uh, but yeah, his is mostly you know browns, grays, black, like you know. And and me, I like using bright, vibrant, you know, uh, multicolors. So it was really a test on me. What am I going to do? I, I'm the one that named the show. And <laughs> and we ended up having to change the name because uh, Jason uh, uh, Visual was like, are you guys sure you want to go with lackluster? Have you, <laughs> have you looked up the definition to that word? Like, <laughs> I know what lackluster means. That's yeah. the irony, but... So funny. But dogs ended up agreeing with them, and I was like, fuck it, you know, let's call it luster. But at that point, I had already created the pieces, and yeah, it was just, I just did Sharpie, um, straight Sharpie, no no sketch beneath it, just see what comes out, and yeah. undertone of red, and that's it. And yeah, that was a challenge. I mean, you know, it's good to challenge your, your, your set beliefs. <laughs> your, Always, right? Always. The show was... The show was sick, dude. It, uh, your guys' sides like definitely like meshed well together. I was I was curious just kind of see if it, you were gonna have a really like bright corner, and then have like his stuff, uh, you know, kind of like the opposite. Yeah. But yeah. It, it felt pretty on the level with each other, at least like uh, from me viewing it. I guess. Yeah, we we had a few meetings on what we were going to do. He asked me if I was going to go, you know, colorful and vibrant like I always do. And I was like, no, I want I want to try to challenge myself even the the figures i made uh, i didn't put any real brights or colors that uh, would have stood out they were kind of muted too i mean there was some red for but it was blood but um but nothing really like my other styles that kind of just pop out at you my, my main goals when i paint is to get your attention from far away and to draw you in and the closer you get, the more you see to the point where if you're even six inches away, you could still see shit you wouldn't have seen. That's my goal. And just to, just to, yeah, just to, it's almost not objective. Like I have an idea in my head of what I want to do and what I want to put out, but I, it, I really leave it up to the observer. A lot of the times people don't know who the artist is. They don't know I'm the painter. Mm -hmm. And I'll just stand behind them and get honest opinions, just listening to what they're saying. And what the fuck is that? Like, And they get closer and they're like, is that a dick? Is that a, what is that? <laughs> very closer. And the closer they get, the more questions they have. So that's what I try to do. But I definitely feel that like uh, the, like on the shirt that Matt got, that SD shirt that you did recently, ba badass shirt, by the way. Thank you. I liked, I felt the same way. I liked how it, it was very detailed, almost in like a, a Aztecian or Mayan, like, like totem pole, you know? And a as you look, as you go up, it's almost like one figure was morphed with another figure that turned into another. And that seems to kind of be a running theme in a lot of the more recent illustrations that you've been doing or digital artistry that you've been doing. Is that uh, obviously on purpose? And what kind of drew, drew you to that style? Uh, it's been evolving. Like, if you look at this guy that I pointed to, uh, like, he has a structure, but if you get close, it's layered and there's faces. And you guys see Oh, it? okay. Okay. I couldn't see that. 
yeah there's there's faces and it's been an ongoing thing for a while now um trying to think of all my other pieces but yeah i just i like to get an overall shape but then fuck with it you know put more inside of it just because nothing is one thing people are complex beings and if you may appear one way but there's a lot more to it than that so so it, you know, lot, the, it's a lot of things that come to making the one thing. So that's kind of how we go about it. <laughs> but yeah, the the first thing that came into my head when I saw that shirt was like it was very psychedelic. You know, I mm. I've I've dabbled in psychedelics a little bit in my life and ha and had some seen some things that look very similar to the that you know <laughs> that kind of very universal uh, na natural ge geomet geometrical shapes. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely has it had an influence. I mean, I've done my fair share of psychedelics from mushrooms to ayahuasca to salvia. It's as crappy as salvia was. It still had an effect on me. <laughs> but, sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. There, you can tell. Uh, before, I don't even know what I was painting before mushrooms. It was just graffiti, and it was just you know graffiti letters, um, bombing, but after after my strong dose of shrooms i think my my mind opened up a lot and let a lot of stuff loose and in a good way and changed my for the better definitely for the better um a lot of artists will, will claim that same thing you know uh there there's one time that you did psychedelics that was just the most memorable that something clicked and, and changed things for the better you know everyone if you've done psychedelics enough, you've had a bad trip, but you, everyone's also had that one, that epiphany that moment, you know? That breaking moment, that life-changing moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Aztecs translation, I, from what I remember, their word for magic mushrooms are uh, skin of the gods. So mm. as you can tell, they probably- Dang, actively, that's dope. Yeah, they actively participated in shrooms, but- um, I mean, they're around for a reason, and they definitely had a great effect on me. I, I'm not one to advocate for drugs, but do mushrooms, people. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, gradually, of course. Don't, right, don't, right, right. Don't do anything safe, you're not comfortable Don't eat an eighth and then drink a gallon of orange juice like I did. But uh, but also have someone there with you that yeah. has, has knows what's up and like has done it before. Like, Don't experiment with drugs by yourself. Absolutely. And also make sure you got pens and pencils and paper and canvas and brushes because that you're going to want to do that and you're going to end up creating one of the coolest paintings you've ever had. And, and and voice record your ideas because I I swore I came up with the answer to the universe and when I came to I couldn't remember it. I wish I would have recorded it because that's <laughs> it. That's what this all means. Yo, if anyone that listens to this has a voice recording of themselves on mushrooms, please email <laughs> us at nestdickerco at gmail.com because I want to hear it. Yeah, we'll do a special episode just for that recording. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another thing I need to get back into, making beats. I was doing that actively for a while. Okay. Uh, I was in a group, actually, with uh, Gabo Nano and uh, Dunga. I don't know if you guys know who those guys are. I'm unfamiliar. Look them up. Uh, they work a lot with uh, a lot of the SD scene. They're pretty, pretty well known in that. But uh, 
right. We were making beats. We actually played a few live shows, a Halloween show in a in a in a appliance repair shop in Chile. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was uh, washing machine guts everywhere. There were cables, lights. It was great setting for a beat show. And it was That's crazy. Sick. Yo, those are the best underground hip-hop shows, the ones that are thrown in a random venue or in somebody's house or something, yeah, some, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to trip over, but it was it was a sick show. Um, <laughs> to like, we, were, we were there until like 6 in the morning. I miss those days. I miss making beats because music and writing, I love to write. I feel like those I get to vent where art is a distraction. Um, okay. I, like I don't put I don't put politics in my art because for me art is my distraction is to vent it's to get away from that my right, life, right. my day to day garbage my life that I you know the bullshit that we all deal with art is an escape from that where writing and music for me is a way to vent that so sometimes yeah, churn through it work through yeah. it rather than kind of get yeah. yourself out of it yeah yeah because when you paint. When you paint, do you, do you find yourself just being so caught up in just the act of painting that you're not thinking about what a message would be or like, is it, do you ever go, you never go into a painting thinking of like, I want this is what it to, uh, want it to convey to people like when you're drawing it or is it just for you? I, I, mostly it's a state of mind that I'm in. Like if I'm angry, I think that translates into the painting. If I'm at peace, I think that translates into, but I never go into it saying it's going to be this. Never. I just mm. start painting usually and see what comes out. Yep. Um, but writing definitely have an objective in mind. And I feel like it's weird. You can spend, I can spend three hours painting. And then when I'm done, I still have all those stressors in my, like I distracted myself for three hours because you have that brush stroke, you need to get perfect. And you have to have that line that you cut perfectly. And so you're distracted, but we're writing and making music, you actually get to unload a lot of your stressors, I think. So definitely if, you, if you're a creative person, don't, don't, I would recommend not sticking to one thing because yeah, you can find a, a, an avenue or, or a medium that expresses you better or just lets you vent better and yeah have an arsenal of stuff to be creative with oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know I, I find that uh the more stuff that you do creatively the better vocabulary you have in your head to describe what you're trying to get at too you know you might be uh writing something or writing a story and think about when you were do creating art and the way that you mixed a color or the way that you, you know, a shape took form that way that you didn't realize it would can spark something verbally in your head that somehow gives you the right words to get through that story that you're getting, you know? Yeah. I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. And, uh, just the way watching, watching a color bleed into another one, it could trigger some kind of poem in your head just or it could it could be reminiscent of some scene you saw something you know when That's you right. see two colors clashing you could almost looks like a riot you know <laughs> like a chaotic scene deep if you look close enough it could get really really intense um 
Yeah, colors really are, they evoke emotion and they all kind of have emotion associated with them. And if you if you see those clashes, like you're saying, or, or those bleeding together and becoming one, it evokes emotion and emotion then can be translated into to vocabulary or music or anything that you can now express here like you can look at you can look at a color and you can hear a note in your head sometimes just like that's what that color would sound like yeah i feel you that's purple smells like this (laughs) yeah absolutely this blue would taste like this that actually reminds me of an office episode is like what flavor is it blue Blue isn't a flavor. It's called blue blast. (laughs) It's true. Like colors, you can feel, taste, and hear them. It's crazy. I guess that's probably why I use so many of them. Yeah, yeah. That shows in your in your real vibrant work, man. I wanted to ask because we touched on uh, that visual show that you just did uh, with dogs, and then you did another. You did a couple group shows in the last year, right? Uh, with like a bunch of people, like with a roster of people. Oh yeah, I had a SD show. The theme was SD, and I basically the T-shirt I I drew out. I made a large version of. I actually have it over here. It's four foot by four foot. Oh. I actually had uh, Beebs dropped it off ten days before it was supposed to. So I had. Well, I had 10 days, but um, really I only had five because of those 10 days, I had to travel to Arizona with my lady. And by the time we got back, yeah, I only had five days left to paint. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dang. It was it was an all-nighter kind of thing. And it's big. I mean, I'll drag it in here. That was, is that the SD show for... Uh, it was downtown outside, and uh, it was Regan Russell and Nicholas Danger and a bunch of a bunch of artists, right? Is that one? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Dude, that's sick. It's huge. My sister actually bought it. I had to make it hangable for her. Nice. But there's a few people who wanted to buy it, but she called dibs. But yeah, it was a sick lineup. I mean, so many great artists in that show. I was, I was stoked to be part of that one for sure. Yeah, that was rad. I saw, I just lived vicariously through Instagram for that show. I saw everyone like posting about it. And she was like, man, I wish I was there. It sucked. Yeah. And that's when I did the release of the first shirt, the brown one. The, Cause you got the blue one, right? But uh, I did the, the brown. I got, the, I got both. Oh, that's this, right. The blue right here. So people can see the color scheme. That shit is fire. Super tight. But, um, but yeah, the, the turnout was crazy. I mean, me, not really, but those, a lot of those people have a lot of cool and it was crazy to be involved in such a, such a big event. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, man. man, we did another, we did do another group show. I just can't remember where it was. I mean, I've been doing shows for a while now. That's good, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, you know, five years ago, you weren't really showing that much because I, I think you were just more focused on school at that point. Yeah, and 16, so uh, 16 units that keeps you pretty much busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been cool to see like the last year or two, just you know, you showing flyers and seeing that you've been doing show after show after show. Yeah, again and can't wait to we, you know, um being conserv- conservative too with this whole thing that's going around killing people. We really did. We 
as a team because I'm, I'm part of like a big collective of San Diego artists that we all get together and party together and spitball ideas and oh let's throw a show here let's let's get together but we really I pumped the brakes a lot during the last two years just because you know even if it's a hoax why risk it let's get people healthy I don't want to be the responsible for killing anyone and so we really yeah we really just subsided we did some like online events that we were just uh, like online galleries I think that my homies put together but now that things are kind of well it looks like they're coming back up again but when things started slowing down we started planning and yeah hopefully we've got we've got some shows in the works um uh we plan a, we're planning on a big group show uh san diego zine fest is coming up i hope to be part of that hopefully i will but there's just a lot of good stuff coming up and uh and motivate all of us to get busy <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's right Oh, yeah. Hey, so you said you were taking 16 units. Now, is it all kind of mathematic mathematics, or are you taking art uh, classes there too, or, or a little of both? I've never taken an art class in college. Uh, the last art class I took was high school. Uh, this was, yeah, my major was either chemical or mechanical engineering. So everything is geared towards that. So at that point, I mean, with Besides your prereqs, like I was doing English, chemistry, calculus. What else was I doing? But um, it was all it was all based very much on your degree rather than yeah. art and, and yeah. kind of the fun. Yeah. So so art truly is your escape. It's your hobby. It hasn't become a, a professional quote unquote passion that you have have deviated or gone to school or or anything like that for. No, no, I uh, I keep. I keep art as an escape. Yeah, as, as I keep art as my way out. And um, I I thought about studying it, but I just I took I took a, a like an intro where you go into the class and speak with the professor, and everyone was just so pompous and <laughs> and just, <laughs> just so full of themselves and just the way they spoke about themselves and. They didn't know who I was, but then once my my friend, I I totally lost interest in the professor just by just by the way she was acting. I just ah, I'm not going to be able to stick it after <laughs> yeah. this and have to do chemistry and physics. Like no way, I'm just not going to. I'm just going to do it on my own. And then my professor found out, like they showed her pictures of the stuff I do, and she ran over to me and was trying to get me to sign up for her class. I was like, no, you just spent the last 45 minutes snobbing me, and now you want me to jump in? <laughs> like, no, That's right. I, I'll, I'll sit this one out. I appreciate it, though. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I got lucky because I had, you know, I was, only took a couple art classes in community college, but mm -hmm. I had a good percentage of the teachers were real. Like they were just like nice. real ass working artists that were straightforward with you. Like, if you want to put in the work to do this, this is what you got to do. If you don't, you could, you know, do whatever you want to do, but you're not going to get anywhere <laughs> you know, like where they're yeah. paying you for it. Right. So, uh, I had a good, uh, I don't know, 101 of like the do's and don'ts of trying to be a working paid artist. And, uh, I don't know. It never, got to that point for me like always made art throughout the years but never with the emphasis of selling it let's put it that way right 
Uh, I've been selling a lot lately, but I never created with the idea that I'm... I only recently have I started making merch up until, yeah, this year is the first t-shirt I ever printed. Well, no, that's a lie. I printed a t-shirt like 10 years ago with my buddy Jaime. Uh, but yeah, that was for an art show that we did at the Czech Cafe. And I, I made like... 20 shirts <laughs> but haven't done anything since so this is the first year that i've made prints that i've made t-shirts that i've made stickers and i'm surprised as to how fast they're going um i never thought i could make a because i i sell drawings and paintings but yeah this stuff is going quick so Oh, yeah. It's becoming like a viable economic model for me right now, where maybe I could in the next two years quit my job and make it full time. Um, that'd be that'd be awesome because then I always thought of it that oh you're just selling your art out, but as long as you don't sell your art out and you're doing what you want and what you love and what you would be doing anyway, fuck it, make money. That's right. It. Oh, no, yeah. That's right. There's no downturn to that. Is um, do it <laughs> if you can make a living off your own creative mind by all fucking means do it yeah 100% agree that's the thing if you're making it and it's your own thoughts and your own ideas and your own work like that's not selling out I, I feel like if the only time I call someone a sellout is if they did something they didn't want to do and it was blatantly obvious that wasn't their thing and they did it because they were getting paid right right like yep. Like if someone were to come to me and ask me to make them a Trump poster <laughs> and then yeah. a Trump poster, that's me selling out because that's me doing something I would never do on my own. So uh, even even commission work, if it's something that is along the lines of something you would do, but someone's just paying you for an idea, absolutely do it. That's not selling out. But it took a it took a. a a lot of thinking for me to get to that conclusion because I was around for a while. A lot of artists that were, that were, I, I'm looking for the right words, were too up their own asses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, they were good, but really, really poignant and really strict on their views of what an artist is supposed to be. Where, dude, if you bend two sticks together and, and dip them in paint and you can call that art it doesn't matter so i'm to the point where if you can make a living off it and you can do something you love why not fucking do it because no one's ever going to give you handouts so if you can give yourself a leg up in any way do it for yourself at least 100 percent. that's right touching on uh commissions uh last couple times i was in san diego i went and checked out uh hayes burger in barrio oh yeah uh, and you got those pieces up in there. Did they ask you to do that? Or you know those guys? How'd that come about? I met them. So I had a show. Uh, uh, I had a couple of shows next door. Uh, it was uh, Art Basil uh, with this guy, Chris, that ran that gallery. I put a couple of shows together in there. And those guys had been opening that burger shop for like four years, just because that's how California is getting all the permits, getting all the infrastructure in place to make a restaurant. And it's just a nightmare to get a restaurant open in California, I guess, but they were there a lot. So I would be there setting up or helping Chris set up some shit and they'd be in there working, getting their shop together. And I just walk over there. I ended up becoming good friends with them and shooting the shit and partying with them because they 
basically had a little party house in there while they were building it. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just got to know him really well. So by the time they finally opened, um, I asked him, hey, do you want me to, well, they asked me, do you want to draw something in here? So I drew the, the monster behind the door uh, that's on by the exit sign. And uh, I, I had... I had some, I had just had a show, so I had some paintings left over. Like, if you want to hang them up in here, by all means. I was like, hell yeah. So I hung up a few and then they sold and they didn't charge me a commission. I was like, well, no, I got to give you guys something. So then I finished, I put more detail on the monster and then hung up more pieces in there. But no, they, they weren't commissioned. They just basically opened their wall up to me. Just hell yeah. Just because they're homies, honestly, just being good people. I'm actually drawing them something right now. Uh, drawing them a Hayes T-shirt that they can have, just just for being grateful because they, yeah, I sold a lot of pieces in there. Sick! It's a, it's a good ass little spot, dude. If I mean, it's like a mood, good art, just good layout. It's yeah, nice dudes. Dope. Yeah, friendly atmosphere. Like it's inviting. Yeah, and that's good karma too. People helping people, man. That, that's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Scratching each other's backs. No one's gonna. Yeah, it, gonna it's keep, keep them around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny who you hang out with and who you talk to in San Diego over the years. I've heard both sides. Like I've heard people just be like, "No one wants to help each other out," and then other people are that like, "San Diego helps each other out." You know, it's <laughs> it's. I guess it's depending on the situation and the person and what you're trying to Oops. do with them or get from them or whatever. But I feel yeah. like I threw a lot of shows at non galleries throughout the years and. Mm. A lot of people I didn't know contributed and like helped me out by doing that. So like I got nothing bad to say about like the scene, I guess. Uh, from what I hear, the scene is just depends on who you hang out with. I mean, who you associate with. Some people are doggy dog, but no, nothing towards my homie dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like I've I've put myself in a circle where all my close friends are creative in one way or another. And we all got each other's backs. Uh, I haven't had negative experiences at all. And yeah. that's rare to, in any creative sphere, that's rare. And I think it's just my choice of friends, my choice of company that I keep around because I keep around genuine people that not only are great artists, but are great people. And uh, you'll find that some people might be amazing artists, but shitty people. And, you know, <laughs> thumbs up on your art, but stay away from me, you know? Like, that's, right. that's like, good for you, dude. I'm proud of you, proud of the work you've done. I'm not going to knock you down, but I'm just also not going to hang out with you. But uh, I feel like I keep really good company around and makes makes your life as, as a creator easier. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, it makes all the difference in the world having good people around you. Yeah. That's not, that's not even a creative thing. That's just like a life thing. Like, <laughs> right. keep good people around you and you won't have problems. And keep people that are going to motivate you, people that, you know, that are themselves busy and working hard. And so you're not stagnant. The worst thing you can do as an artist is stagnate yourself, I think. Just mm -hmm. <laughs> I've definitely it. struggled with that, like, since I started this rat nest thing, like, a year, year and a half ago now. Mm -hmm. I guess last June, July, is uh, being kind of just so focused on the Instagram and the like products and the website and like getting comic books in that like I haven't really made a ton of art for myself like my creative focus isn't focused on my work uh right. so it, it it's kind of I need that kick in the ass and I just moved from San Diego so it's not like I hang out 
with uh, anyone out here in the desert yet. So I just like, Where, I'm on my own to? to like motivate myself. I'm like, fuck, this sucks. Yeah, that that's tough. I, I, I started feeling that way by printing these things, you know, the t-shirts. I got so involved in, because it was the first time I did it. So I was doing it off an Excel spreadsheet, just who ordered, what they ordered, what they paid, <laughs> did they pay? And it's a shit show doing it yeah. like that. And so just keeping things organized, for a while, doing the two, I did two T-shirt releases. It just kept me busy, just having people coming up and picking their stuff up, to the point where I'm gonna cool it for now, just so I can create. Because I haven't been able to create. I have a blank board. I need to get on top of. I, I I'm, it's itching. I, Hell yeah. I honestly can't wait to see what I'm going to do. But I need to be able to sit down and do it. <laughs> and I can't keep getting texts. Hey, I'm around the corner. I'm gonna pick up my shirt or. I need to go to the mail and mail out 10 shirts at a time. It's just my girlfriend says she could take care of that for me, but I don't know. I just like doing everything myself. So maybe I should just learn to trust people. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's another thing. I'm a control freak when it comes to my stuff. Uh, I need to, I need to be able to maybe trust people around me more <laughs> with it. It's tough, dude. It's especially like, I'm the only one that started this business. It's not like a group venture or anything. I didn't, you know, when I started it, it was just me. And like Jim's helped me out so much with it now with the podcast side and everything um, that I'm able to like ask him to do things and know that he's going to do them. But mm -hmm. for the first, the whole year, I was like, everything's on me. Like, I got to figure this out. I got to do this. I got to mail this out. I got to update this. And it just, uh, you think about it so much. It takes away more of your time than it actually does to do the thing you're thinking about. Right. No, and like setting up an online shop or like I set one up, it, I have products on there, but I haven't released it because A, I don't want to get busier without having more stuff to create and B, not all my totals are correct now. So I have to go back in and tweak those things around. It's right. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work being an independent business. <laughs> well, shit, man, yeah. you know, you, you've sold stuff through Ratness before, a couple of, you know, little pieces, you know, you can always uh, let me know. Yeah. I can I can move yeah, some stuff actually, for you if you want. Yeah, I was actually looking to, I was going to ask if you wanted some of these prints, I could send them your way. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, just see what you could do with them. I mean, just always down, dude. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, <laughs> I only put up a couple of the pieces that you sent me um, originally, the, the post-it note ones. Um, and I had people asking about him. And then finally, one of the dudes was like, I'm just going to buy it. And it was, you know, it was only 18, 20 bucks or whatever it was. But he's like, I've been looking at this too long. I'm just going to get it. So it's like, if it's there and people see it, they'll, they'll get yeah. it, man. Like, it'll move. And those post-its moved. Like, when I had that show with uh, dogs, that's what I mostly sold. I sold, like, 20 of those things. I was going to say, what would you have up? Like, 30 of them? 30. It was yeah. uh, six by... 36 i think it was six by six mm -hmm. it was a square yeah yeah um, it was a lot <laughs> it was <laughs> and they're old some of them were you know two three years old because i've been when i work um i'm on the phone a lot so when i'm talking to i work at a financial firm and i help new advisors learn how to use our system so a lot of the shit i do is walkthroughs which i have memorized so i'll just draw while i'm talking to them and walking them <laughs> through shit and making post-its or now the ipad and 
a lot of the stuff I do is while I'm distracted and doing something else. So those post-its are convenient because they're I could take them everywhere. Even if your boss sees you, you're just doodling on a post-it. It's not like I'm working on a piece on my desk. You know? Right, so right. Really nonchalant. And there's a lot of detail that goes into those little things. They're little, they're micro pieces. And yeah. They- like, yeah, and when it's a doodle like that, it's a true brain dump. That's like unadulterated thought right there. Yeah, not sketched either. Just you should see how many I ball up that are just sitting failed <laughs> post-its that didn't work out. But. One wrong move. Yeah. I, I have a question about the post-its. Uh, what are you using? Are you using a Micron 1, or what are you using to, to draw those things? A Micron 5. Okay. Uh, those are those are my go-to. Just I just love Microns. That's what I do a lot of my stuff with. It's either Sharpie or Micron or ballpoint big pen. The, right. The, the finer pen drawings, I just so, find it. Where are they? Just these over here. Yeah, I, I use a lot of microns and uh yeah, I use a lot of those. Uh 36 for like two bucks. <laughs> like, totally. And that's the thing with microns that are more expensive, and the ones are hard to come by if you can't buy them individually. A lot of times they're in the pack, but not uh yeah. individuals for whatever reason. And those are the ones that I like. So mm-hmm. I have a hard time spending, you know, four or five bucks sometimes for a fucking <laughs> one pen one micron yeah oh. uh i tend but to buy I, the, the way they feel is nice yeah the, just the way they glide and they they're almost immediately smudge proof i mean right off the bat they are smudgeable but give it a few seconds and yeah. they're not going to smudge so i tend to draw with my whole hand so it'll get messy but uh microns tend to hold up nice that and sharpie that's pretty much what all i use I've tried using, you know, fancy, expensive pens, but honestly, these thirty-six for four-dollar big pens are—they—they blend the best. I think just the the way they fade out. Yeah, you can go—you'll go through them. Though once they start bleeding, you got to toss it because it's just going to ruin your drawing. But usually, like three-fourths of the way through one, it'll just give out. It's done. But just the way they blend and 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 fade out. my favorite that oh, and micron. yeah. <laughs> microns are expensive though um i tend to buy the pack of like eight that comes from like zero zero one to eight right right with the brush yeah. one and all that because uh when i draw on canvas I, I need all the sizes not just the one because i do use canvas but to draw with micron not to paint on <laughs> right that's what i do those big drawings with that's Thanks funny for yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Now that you say that, I can kind of like think about it and see that. Yeah, yeah those those like uh, canvas cutouts that I they're 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 not paintings, they're drawings, but I do them with Micron and Sharpie. It's painstaking. I look at it. How the fuck did I draw that? It's <laughs> there's like a million lines in here. How the hell do I have to? Pick? Because I'm a very impatient driver and very impatient person. You know, I like. I like to be punctual and in and out. Like if I'm going to a store, I'm going to get just that thing. And I'm, but with my art, I will take forever. And I don't know where I find the patience. It's crazy. Because in life, I'm not a patient person. Anyone can attest to that. Yeah, mo- most artists are, are 
uh, what we like immediate <laughs> satisfaction. You know what I mean? If we got to wait, we got to push back. It's going to, we're going to lose interest quick. Right. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to my art, I, I don't mind taking months on a piece. It's crazy. Well, speaking of um, lack of the ability to concentrate, we're coming up on about an hour here. Most of our listeners <laughs> are probably hitting that ADD phase right about <laughs> yeah, now. They're probably on YouTube now. So thank you guys for uh, having me. I appreciate bro, it. It was, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Do you have a, do you want to shout out your Instagram or where people can buy those shirts or your collective uh, that you're part of? The shirts are pretty much sold out. I think I have one extra small left so you know a tiny person uh tell them to message me at hyper helix on, on instagram hyper underscore helix um my email is hyperhelix 325 at gmail.com feel free to hit me up and thank you guys <laughs> awesome oh, yeah dude thank you so much it's seriously it's good talking to you man it's been a it's been amazing. yeah man it just feels like a conversation we've had anyway so thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's what's that's up. A good one. let's get together soon too yeah next time yeah, next time we're down in sd yeah I'll, 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 hit you up. Down. I'll introduce you to everyone oh uh, yeah we'll make a day of it all right awesome bro nice meeting you man I'll take right, care bro. bro thank you so much thank you Yo, this has been the Ratnest Podcast, episode 23 with Memo, a.k.a. Hyperhelix. Go check out all his work on Instagram at Hyperhelix or email him for commissions at hyperhelix325 at gmail.com. You can check us out every week on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, and more, wherever you get your podcasts. Go to ratneststickerco.com if you want to buy stuff. And Jim? I'm Jim. <laughs> all right. See, ya. See you next week. Bye, everyone.